Hello friends, we have made it to another episode of Dominating Real Estate. A few episodes back, we talked about how to prepare for a listing presentation and today we are really going to dive into how to actively prepare for a buyer consultation. Now, when we're getting started in real estate, we may think, well, what the heck is a buyer consultation and do we really need one? Well, we're going to dive into yes, you need one and the sooner you put the process in place, the better it is, not just for you, for your future clients as well. So let's start off with kind of playing out the situation. A buyer reaches out to you and says, hey, Courtney, I am excited to start my buying process. I have no idea where to start. Can you help me and be my agent? And you think, holy smokes, this is exciting. Congratulations. Of course, I would love to help. So the first thing you want to do is get their information, right? Do you have their phone number? Do you have their email address? You may not have that depending on how they reached out. So the first thing you want to do is send them over a buyer questionnaire. Now, I always tell them, hey, give me your best email address. I'm going to send you over a questionnaire. Now, hang with me. It is a little bit long. I think it's about five pages or so full of a lot of questions. So take your time with it. But the biggest you know, the base objective for that questionnaire is to really divulge into what are their wants and needs, right? Is it one buyer? Is it two buyers? What is the buyer dynamic? And outside of things that we may typically think of, of, you know, what's their criteria with a bed and bath count and maybe a certain location, and maybe they want move-in ready versus a fixer-upper, Let's divulge into that a little bit further. You know, do they need, um, you know, a certain style house? Do they need one floor versus two floors? And if they're okay with two floors, what styles do they love? And what styles do they not love? You know, do they love a colonial? Do they love a Cape Cod? Do they love a split level? Do they love a raised ranch? All of those things come into play because if they really don't like one style and you keep sending them houses that they don't like, Let's figure that out sooner than later. You know, other things, do they need a pool or a fence for a pet or do they need a shed? Do they need a garage and does that garage have to be attached or is it okay to be detached? Do they need a basement? You know, all of those things come into play when buyers are purchasing. And you know what? A lot of times in that buyer questionnaire, it actually opens up their eyes and their mind to think, I never thought of that. What do I actually want? So I always like to send that questionnaire. And once we have that, I say, once you're done with the questionnaire, let me know because I want to set up some time for us to connect. Now with COVID, um, you know, we've had to be creative a little bit. Are you going to meet over Zoom because that's your comfortability? That's their comfortability. Or are you going to meet at a coffee shop? Um, Are you going to meet at your office? Do you have a designated space or Maybe you don't. There's no one right answer. It's honestly however comfortable you are and kind of what fits best for you and that client. Now, if you do have a sign call, so someone that just kind of calls off maybe your listing or a team listing that you don't actually have a personal connection with, make sure you never meet with them at a house. Never jump to skipping the buyer questionnaire and then let's just do a showing, right? Sometimes a buyer might say, hey, I want to look at 123 Main Street and If you don't know them, make sure you're doing your homework. Talk to your broker about some safety tips. I know that I always ask, you know, some pre-qualifying questions. Again, I think it's important to do the buyer questionnaire because maybe that house that they have in mind is the perfect house for them and they want to put an offer in, but the chances that they 
will want to continue the search are pretty high. So make sure that you send off that questionnaire, you get the chance to review that. That will actually save a lot of time at your buyer consultation. And then when you decide to get together for a cup of coffee, you can really divulge that further. So you can confidently go over that and say, hey, I saw that you answered this question this way. Is that still true? Or can you kind of give me more clarity on this if you have any questions? Make sure you're asking all the questions. It's better to ask them now and really get a vision of what they're seeing versus making the assumption that they want A and B. And in reality, they want nothing to do with that. So who do you do this for? I recommend doing it for everyone. You may have a family member or a close friend that you know pretty well and you're like, I don't feel like I need to do this. I might want to skip this step. From personal experience, those are actually the people that you probably need to do this with the most, if that makes sense. And the reason being is your close friend or family member, they see you as just that. They see you as, you know, Courtney in this other role. They might know what you do, right? And respect what you do and think what you do is fabulous. But at the end of the day, do they actually see you as the professional? Sometimes they do. Sometimes you never know, right? And it's not necessarily something that's conscious, but I think stepping back and making sure that you are giving the same service for your close family and friends that you would with maybe someone that is a referral, giving them the top-notch service and not slacking off makes them feel like, wow, I'm impressed that they really have it together. And then when they refer you because they don't just love you as a person, they know that, hey, you have great systems and tools and processes in place. So make sure that you were doing that for everyone across the board. It also makes sure that you're giving everyone the same service, regardless if you know them or if they are a referral. So what do you do when you get to that appointment? You might think, okay, great. I have this questionnaire. Do we go over it? What else do I have to bring with me? In that questionnaire, you also may want to ask them, what questions do you have for me so I can come prepared? So I always, you know, like to ask that too, because if you're an experienced agent, you might feel really comfortable answering anything that comes your way. And if you're a newer agent, you might say, hey, how can I best get prepared? I don't want to just kind of know what they're, you know, looking for, if you will, but I want to be able to dive into certain things and the other aspects of the buying process. And one of those things is actually the pre-approval process, right? And that is something I always recommend to my clients after we get together. That's really the next step. If they haven't already gone through the pre-approval process, you want to make sure that you are guiding them and, you know, giving them recommendations. Um, three recommendations is the local criteria just to make sure you're covering your basis and you let them know that the choice is theirs. So part of buying is making sure you get pre-approved, not just to be able to show a seller that, hey, you've done your checks and balances. A bank or a private lender is willing to back, you know, this mortgage that you're looking to take on. But even more so, you really need to have the clarity or your buyers do of what is their budget. A lot of times I think a buyer will go online and they see, you know, a popular platform and website that says, hey, you you can afford up to X. Just type in a mortgage, just type in a value and it'll tell you what you, you know, what your monthly payments may be. But is that actually accounting for your taxes? If you're a homeowner, you know that your annual taxes get divvied up and you owe those sometimes on a monthly basis if they're held in escrow. Again, that is a lender 
you know, criteria, if you will. Some lenders require you to escrow your taxes. Sometimes they don't. So a buyer needs to know how to essentially budget for that. And not only do they need to have that comfort of what does your monthly look like, they need to also have the clarity and the comfort of what is it going to take for you to buy this house, right? Like not only maybe are you putting 5% down on a $300,000 house, so that equals $15,000. What are your closing costs? You're not just buying a house, putting $15,000 and walking away. What are the taxes? What is your homeowner's insurance? Is there flood insurance? What other expenses did you have to account for? You want to make sure you're accounting for your attorney fees, your inspection. Is there, you know, anything else that you need to kind of look for? Is there PMI? Are there points? I am not a expert in the mortgage industry. I leave that up to my allied resources, but those are all things that they need to have that clarity. And it's our job to make sure that they are connecting with the right people and talking with a licensed mortgage originator. Um, And I always say, hey, the more people you talk with, the better it is because at the end of the day, the financing piece is stressful. And another piece of the buying process that you want to go over with them is, hey, you know, what is the flow? Not only are we going to look at houses and are you going to love that process and we're going to have fun doing it, but what happens after you go under contract? Setting expectations at your buyer consultation will save a lot of stress and headache down the line. Giving them an overview of step-by-step of what the process is, what to expect and when, and also having clarity with that buyer of what is the market like today? If you are literally in the market today in April of 2021 and you have buyers, you know that it is a seller's market. We've talked about this before. With that being said, Setting expectations with clients that, hey, we may have to look at a few houses and put a few offers in before we actually have one stick. That is not a fun conversation by any shape or form, but at the same time, being open and being honest versus saying, hey, we're going to go under contract on the first house in a seller's market and we are going to be able to negotiate that price point down and we are going to be able to ask for seller concessions and get the world is really unrealistic in today's market. The other thing is too, if you can talk about today's market and they get pre-approved and you have an idea that this client needs seller concessions and they are a type of financing that might not be as favored, how can you also help them work with their lender to maybe get them better financing? You can't maybe solve all of the problems, but at the end of the day, being knowledgeable and in the know of what is happening in the market sets them up for success. They also learn to trust you. They will also learn to trust the process. And if they put an offering on their first house and they don't get it, they're not going to look at you and say, Do they know what they're doing? They do, right? Because you've set them up for that expectation that we might not get the first house, we might not get the second house, but if you trust me, you trust the process, you trust that I am going to work in your best interest and as hard as I can until we find your house, they will have the utmost confidence in you. So a few things that I bring with me to buyer consultations. Again, I think looking the part is part of the branding, part of the confidence that you can exude. And it also really feels well on the receiving end. So a few things that I like to bring is a folder that I would put their questionnaire in so we can review it. But I also may bring a little bit of a notebook that I can give to them. Um, There is a website that I used a lot when I first came in real estate. It was something that made me feel excited and made me feel good to kind of feel more of the part, if you will. Um, And it's called All Things Real Estate. I think it's 
if I know correctly, you can always Google it, but I think it might be A-T-R-E as the abbreviation. You can find them on social media. They are very popular in the real estate world. So just do a quick Google Instagram search. I'm sure you will find them. And they have a ton of fun things, right? Literally all things related to real estate. Everything's from shirts to notebooks to, you know, uh, folders to water bottle tags, which I've purchased in the past to put on water bottles at open houses. Even things I think for your pets, decals. I mean, this is not sponsored, but check them out, um, especially if you maybe don't have your own branding yet. And if you do, I believe last time I checked, there are options to kind of do something more personalized. But giving the buyer something to take home, right? They don't, leaving with a good conversation is always a good starting point. But if you can actually give them something tangible of value, that will go a long way, right? So having your business card, putting it in the folder, and giving them maybe some mortgage information. If you have a preferred lender or you know someone that works at your brokerage and that does a lot of work in the office, or you have a fellow agent at your office that's been in the business and they can give you the ins and outs of the lender, put some information in. Ask that lender, hey, do you have any verbiage that I can include in a buyer consultation packet? I guarantee they will be so excited that you thought of them because at the end of the day, you are ultimately helping them get in front of more buyers, right? That is how they build their business. And if you can make it a win-win, they, I'm sure, will love it. With that being said, put some information, talk about maybe FAQs, frequently asked questions. Again, if you are a newer agent or maybe you've been doing this a little while, just maybe step back and think, if I were a buyer, what are questions I'm going to have, right? Like, just think about it. You know, sometimes buyers are like, does it cost anything to have a buyer's agent? In most markets, in most areas, the answer is no, right? If if the house is listed with a professional licensed real estate agent, the chances are if that house is in the multiple listing service, it's they're likely covering the buyers. So with that being said, you get to provide a service and work in your buyer's best interest free, right? So with that being said, again, Know what's kind of going on in your area and in your market before you get them information that may or may not be accurate because you always want to make sure you're giving accurate information. So do FAQs, give mortgage information. Maybe same thing. Do you have a preferred inspector? Do you have preferred attorneys? Do you have a preferred vendor list, if you will? Maybe include that in your folder. All of those things, they will feel like, wow, this might be a lot of information, but I'm so glad I received it today. So I can digest it. I can figure it out. And when we get to those steps, I feel so prepared. The other thing that's also really important that sometimes it takes a little bit of confidence. So practice is key is bringing the paperwork. Now, when I say the paperwork, it could be different in different areas. So again, talk with your broker about what are the needed paperwork for compliance at your brokerage. Locally where we are, there's a few documents that are really important. Some of them are required fair housing documents, um, buyer agency documents. There are other documents like a buyer broker agreement that's depending on your broker. It may be a requirement. It may not be. And what the buyer broker agreement is, is essentially is putting you and the buyer on the same page. It is locking that buyer in with you saying that they are committed to working with you and only you. I compare it to a listing agreement. Um, you know, when you see a for sale sign in the front yard of someone's home, they, you know, signed a listing agreement with that agent, right? That agent is investing marketing dollars, investing their time, their energy, maybe their team, 
all of these resources into selling the crap out of that house, they are going to have a signed contract, right? Exclusively saying that that agent is working in the seller's best interest and the seller agrees to ultimately be tied to, if you will, um, contractually tied to this agent. And they agree essentially to compensate that agent at the closing, right? Once they do their part, once they say what they're going to do and they sell that house, they agree to pay that agent at the closing. The buyer broker agreement in simplified terms essentially is very similar. It's just on the buyer side, right? It's just saying that you as the buyer's agent will work in their best interest. Now, we're not saying that you're not going to work in someone's best interest if they don't have a buyer agreement. But at the same time, if you step back and think about it, do you want to work with anyone that doesn't want to commit to you? Think about that again. If they don't want to sign it, if you ask them, hey, next up, we're going to sign this buyer agreement and you go through it, you understand it, you let them read through it, you make sure all of their questions are answered. If they say, hey, I don't want to commit myself to you, then why would you put your energy into them? Why? Don't do it. Now, I can tell you when I first started, this isn't something that I did, right? And then what I found was that, you know, it wasn't a requirement and I might work with people casually because I'm like, well, shoot, there's a lot of perks to this, right? It gives you experience. You can market that you're doing all these things in real estate. But at the end of the day, if how serious are they? You know what I mean? So how serious are they? And I've also had people that have, you know, maybe been a sign call that I've had a listing and they've inquired at the listing and then the listing wasn't a great fit or we already went under contract and you see if you can help them. I had the full buyer consultation. I presented the buyer broker agreement. I presented a bunch of things to them, market information, options, you know, to go look at houses, all those things. They didn't want to sign it. And after asking three times, I said, best of luck. In so many words, I was very polite and I know you will be too, but ultimately you can kind of say that, hey, you know, I totally get it. It sounds like we don't want to sign the buyer agreement. You don't want to sign it. I totally understand it. I don't think I'm the right agent for you. Best of luck in your search. If anything should change, I'll be here. And more times than not, they probably won't get back to you. And that's okay because they didn't get back to you the first three times. Um, And you know what? Sometimes it stings to feel like I don't want to let that opportunity go. But I can promise you the more self-confidence you have in yourself and also learning to invest in your clients that raise their hand and say, I am so committed to you. I trust you. I know you have my back. I know you can get the job done. Those are the people you want to work with, right? The ones that want to work with you, those are the ones that you ultimately want to work with. So bring the paperwork. Don't be afraid of it. If you feel like, oh gosh, I don't know if I have the confidence to do that, then sit down with a fellow agent. If you're on a team, sit down with your team lead, talk and do scripts. Run through the whole presentation, if you will. That is part of it. Because at the end of the day, you also can tell that potential client that, hey, I want to get this paperwork out of the way. I want to make sure that we are focusing on the house that you want to go under contract on and focusing on all of those steps and all of that paperwork that are property specific and get all of this administrative stuff out of the way. Ultimately, that is your goal, right? You're trying to make their job and their buying process that much smoother. So if you can get things out of the way and go in prepared, they are going to be that much more prepared to buy the house of their dreams. So don't underestimate the power of a buyer consultation. Make sure you're practicing with fellow agents, have the scripts, think about objections that could come up. There's nothing better than 
going in really prepared and going through objections that they could have, right? And sometimes figuring out what their objections could be in advance help you to not only better prepare, but can you give them something of value to A, put their mind at ease, but B, to also just have that comfort that when you answered their question of curiosity, not of concern, but of curiosity, they are going to feel that much more comfortable with you. So go out there, get those buyers, sign those buyer broker agreements, lock them in and get them under contract. And when you do, you will be that much closer to dominating real estate.